You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a solemn edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As always, I'm one of your co-hosts of the Locked On Pacers podcast. And joining me on the other line to discuss the Pacers' unfortunate exit in the playoffs is Mr. Tony East. Tony? Adam, thank you for making me Google the word Solon. As God, start- you, you, what do you not like no words? Like you took, oh my God, I took I gotta- the SAT and my vernacular is still abysmal. Solon, for those unaware, means uh, bad-tempered and sulky or gloomy. <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always in a sullen mood until I get on this podcast. Then I cheer up. Is Jackson, Tennessee, not a not a happy town. I think I'm just a, just a not a happy person sometimes. Wow! Just was it depressed? The Pacers leave and Adam comes in with the sad haymakers right off. Ang- angry about the Pacers play. Would be better, <laughs> but I'm not even like, like um, I don't let it affect me that much. But it's just like it's like come on, guys, come on. That makes 12 straight playoff losses all by 10 points or less. They are not a good closing out team. All 12 in Nick Millen's era, right? Yeah, all 12 in Nick Millen's era. Mm-hmm. Their only win in that in that margin is the Boyan game. That's incredible. I mean, and I'm thinking one about it. So, one in 12 in 10 points or less games. That's nuts. So, see, there's the CJ Miles game that starts McMillan's, right? Where Miles misses the long yep. two that would have won the game, where George won the ball back. Then the, then, the third game two, they just lost. Game three yeah, was the game they blew 20, the 20 point halftime lead. Or yeah, 24 25, or something. 25 yeah. halftime lead. 25, yeah. I think. And then they game, still were kind of in game four that year. Yeah, game four, they hung around. PG had a couple eight threes, like he always did, and they got kind of close. Then what? The next year was two LeBron buzzer beaters, basically. Yeah, essentially. The gold end, <laughs> all that. Yeah, and then the game, the game seven, and then this year game it was seven. They ten led, points, eight points, eight points, four points this year. And they led half and three of the games in the third quarter and the other one. So yep, the enemy <laughs> starts, which is kind of ridiculous. To think about it, to so lose that many that, games is ridiculous. That speaks to two things to me, and I think we know both of them to be true. Yes, go one ahead. of them is that. They are deep, and their bench is able to keep them in the games despite their starters not being as good as the other team's starters. And we know the starters thing because they can't win down the stretch or in the clutch, because, which we've known. Uh, Vic can do it in the regular season, and he did in the playoffs a few times last year, but uh, they, just, they just don't have it in the playoff situations. Yeah, they aren't good enough at like one to three, but they're good enough at four to nine. Four to, four to nine, yep. Right? I mean, like basically last year the problem was who were the top three players – and not in the previous just playoffs when I lost LeBron. It was Vic, who would be your number two. I mean, can, we like, four, can we change it to four to eight? Because we haven't had the discussion yet, but Doug McDermott literally getting exiled yeah. from the rotation the year after they signed him is a disaster. Anyway. But, like, in general, before this season, like, your top three would have been Vic and then Miles Thad or Sabonis Thad or Miles. One of two, two of those. But, three. like, the problem is you're not even sure those guys should be. Those guys yeah. probably shouldn't be in your top three if you want to win it. They should be your third player. One of those guys they should be three. Third. Yeah, they should be number three. I mean, to be honest, sure. in my opinion, I mean, I think Turner is best as your fourth best guy. If he's the fourth best guy on your team, you will have an awesome team. Yeah. <laughs> if he's your yeah, second you know, best guy, you're a little worried. <laughs> well, I'm really high on Thad, so they're one guy away from having Turner be the fourth best. But well, – <laughs> Yes. But yeah, also, Thad needs to be your third best guy on the team. <laughs> exactly, exactly. One more guy. Well, and Thad's problem, too, is with age, is he going to – I mean, he had a great year, so, I mean, there's nothing that, – clearly that 31 – We, we, we will talk man. about Thad uh, and him possibly coming back later, sort of. We won't yeah. talk about it. We will – well, well, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll explain it later. Um, is there any quick takeaway you want to take from this game? I know you did the podcast yesterday, but is there anything from the game that you were kind of like – Well, all I talked about after the game was – um, you know, that there's blood on everybody's hands. Like Nate has a little bit of fault and KP has a little bit of fault and the players obviously have fault because they didn't play well enough to win. Um, but I, I don't know if you had any takeaways from the, the series or the season that we could hit before we do that stuff. Um, I would say from the series, it, the glaringness of them not having a even remotely number two option on our like one option. Almost. Well, so I mean number two because of uh, in case Vic got hurt. Like their yeah, their yeah. backup plan for Vic getting hurt was non-existent. <laughs> it reminded me, and I keep doing this. I know it reminded me when the Colts lost Payton. They had they just said screw. It, we have no backup quarterback. Like they just they we'll win two games. Here we go. Yeah, I mean they and to the Patriots' credit, they schemed something together. They you they kind of rallied around. They beat the bad team still, and you know they from really March on they were probably one of the worst NBA teams to look at. I mean yeah, they were a 500 team without Vic. 
but like from March, that March stretch on, I think they won like five games, right? They were 10 and 14 after the All-Star break. I don't know how many they won in February, but a decent amount. I mean, they they did a good job taking advantage of the schedule and playing when they played bad teams, beating them and not losing to them and not kind of losing stupid games, but they just, they weren't on any close to anybody's level in terms of just like good teams. I mean, they were just yeah. in that class of, I would say probably in the 13th best team. Cause I think all eight West teams would have beat them. And then you'll top four in the East. Right. And well, that was glaring. I, I wonder to an extent, this was not often talked about because when Tyreek was signed, everybody was like, Oh my gosh, he fits so well with Vic. And now they have this awesome lineup of these five guys. But I wonder if that was an, a, a small part of the reasoning that was, if Vic gets hurt, we have this guy now. And we all know that that did not shake out to be how, it was, although it was he did, part of it for sure. Like, but he did do well in the playoffs when he was the highest usage guy. He actually, he actually had a decent postseason. I'm not no, lie. but part of it was like, oh, when he when Vic when Vic's hurt, we don't have to play Lance as a starting. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. <laughs> what it was. It was like we don't. That's that was the big. That was part, is true. He was gonna. I mean, I think before season we both would have guessed Vic missed seven to ten games realistically every year. I mean, just I mean yeah. he missed eleven games at that one point. He'll right? play. He'll play seventy to eighty. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I would have probably, probably would have said 65 to 70 if he didn't have a major injury. I mean, I just well, for for those of you that have been around all year for lockdown NBA every year, David has us send in these answers that are, you know, what's the big storyline with the team? What's the best case scenario? What's the worst case scenario? What do you think they shake out to be? But in, in his worst case scenario question, he says, do not assume catastrophic injury for your best player. And me and Adam both said the worst case scenario is Vic getting hurt, but we're not allowed to talk about that. Like that's how obvious it was before the well, season started that we broke a rule because it was so important i mean so like, like here's how i look at it if they had a player of like cj mccullum's caliber who is what mccullum top 30 40 player i mean he's not yeah he's, he's good he's really good but he's, if they had a, a player of his caliber right now would they have this series be two, two? Six. no oh yeah two two sure. right it now would be, it be it could be two two yeah and then are we talking about maybe they're you know, they win game one, so they're falling apart, whatever, you know, something like that, you know. It's different. We don't know, but it's different. Right, and so that, and that's where the Pacers have just – their roster, they, they really valued, like, veteran, kind of giving this blend of, like, really veteran talent and then a couple young guys sprinkled in here, really just, like, two and Turner and Sabonis. Um, I guess, I mean, you can throw in lead if you want, but he barely played. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But that was like, kind of what they valued, and yet – Really having all those veterans, it was kind of clear why those guys are not are not. They said, considered. "Okay, we want we won forty eight last year. We added Evans and McDermott. All right, we'll we'll be better. We have some internal improvement, and in theory, that makes sense. The internal improvement happened, but Evans wasn't what he was supposed to be. McDermott didn't help in the playoffs at all. And then there you go. Well, in the East, I I think got better overall. I don't know overall from one to four. It probably got better. I'm trying to think. I guess last year's Philly was the no, same. No, last top four was the same, but the Except Milwaukee were seven. Right? Yeah, so you they might be still, right. Good. Yeah, so you might be right. I mean, it's just it it's felt like thing. it's about the same. It felt like the East was more open it to did. taking than last season. Last because season LeBron like, felt vulnerable. Yeah, but uh, yeah. it just I don't know. I don't know what else how else to put it, but it just it is that that was kind of the glaring problem. I guess I would say also just the veteran guys. I mean, they just didn't really pay off to be honest like you have all these right. other in town and none of the guys seem to figure out and you know when it came down to the last you know in these panic moments where they can't score for eight minute stretches none of the veterans could figure it out not a single yep. one really could figure it out absolutely yeah those stretches pontificated some of the problems with the skills that their veterans had and yes well and you would think when you have veteran talent you kind of like somebody could figure step up for a minute you know because they've been in so many moments but you know that was not literally make one someone make one shot yeah i mean I, I'm, I guess I should probably look at it, but how many quarters do they have? Because this the game four is probably the first time they didn't have a quarter. This was less than twenty points. It was and, right. It was they had twelve and eight, to and 10. then their defense suffered instead. It's like, well, of course they couldn't put together the full game. Yeah, I mean, I will say the fourth quarter, Hayward just hit some clutch shots. I mean, he, he did. He just he did. closed them out. But I mean, there are a couple of times Turner airballed a couple, like a three, in some point in the fourth quarter. Like there's just in two different fourth quarters, he did that. Yeah, I mean, they just. There's little things in this team where it's like they relied on this to happen and it didn't quite Never happen. Yep. Yeah, like Turner got better, but not really offensively. He got better defensively for sure. You That's know, fine. Sabonis, Sabonis improved a little bit offensively, but he didn't really take like the leap where like he could really be where you're not you're still not certain he can be your starter per se. Al Horford, you know, uh, like we'll talk about this later. Al Horford uh, exposed every little flaw and crevice in Sabonis's game. Yeah. Which maybe that helped. Yeah, yeah, that's what we were. We'll talk about this on a later show or whoever does Sabonis' season recap. But so Jonathan Mathes was talking about in our 8.9 group chat today was like, 
this can only help him right now. He knows what he has to work on. Yeah, I just worry. Well, you know what? I'm not gonna do it yet because we are. Let's do this. We've <laughs> gone like ten minutes. So we should take a yeah, quick that, break. Yeah, we've, we've done enough of a postmortem. It was expected anyway. Yeah. So let's do. Let's take a quick break, and after it, we're gonna do our little special segment. All right. Welcome back in to Locked On Pacers podcast. All right. So what we're gonna do now? The simple game of uh, who's in, who's out. And I think I'm just going to just start listing Ooh. players, coaches, Ooh. owners, general managers, anything. You know, owners. Her, Boomer. Boomer. Herb, in. Simon, Herb Simon in. I will get ahead of you there. Boomer. In or out? <laughs> Tony Easton or out? Out of in or out? <laughs> all right. Well, well, calm down there. Um, all right. Uh, so I think the first one to start with, um, so we just do it? Kevin Pritchard, in or out? Kevin Pritchard in. Definitely in. Yeah. I, I guess the only thing I would say for him is – there are there might be some weird GM shuffling around at some point this year with the Lakers job being open and does he somehow end up somewhere else? But I, I doubt think it. the Vic injury gave him at least a three year experience after that to help build his vision around him. Yeah, I mean, I think hitting on that Vic trade. Yeah, that's too. what I meant. That's I mean, what I mean that, by that. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, hitting that trade. I mean that that probably bought him six years. Yep. I'd actually be six. Honest. Yeah, maybe like, a long time because it bought you the entire next two or three seasons at least, and then it probably bought you like. Oh well, he might be hit, you know, on this trade and Vic resigns, and it's he basically bought it the whole Vic career essentially. I feel like, but yeah, I think yeah. Um, all right, so the next one is Nate McMillan in or out. Uh, this one's hard, much harder than the first one. I think that the Vic injury gives him enough of a safety blanket to stay. I think he's in, especially because right now there's not a, a replacement that I would consider better available. I talked about this yesterday, Adam. I don't think you listened. Um, but there is a scenario where if someone else becomes available that I think the answer would be no, but right now I think the answer is, is yes. I think he's in, but he should be out. I, I think whether there's a replacement there or not available, uh, there's things on the margins. This team doesn't do well that if they had the right coach could really like, they're not going to we think that the, the right coach does it well though. Is it the players? You know, that, I never know how to answer those questions. Well, it's, it's a couple, it's a little it's a little bit of both. I mean, you see, you go to Milwaukee and Boonholzer had a whole different system and those guys so bad. opened up. Now, <laughs> you're not going to get a coach probably a buzz level, but like there were Nick Nurses he out there. He was available, Adam. <laughs> I know there was. I know he was, Tony. They were there. Johnny is all over this. Johnny Mathay is making hecka appearances today. Uh, he talked about that in the group chat too. He said if they had hired Nick Nurse last summer, we'd been like, the hell's Nick Nurse? And yeah, exactly. Like if another team, not the Pacers, hired like David McClure, Dan Burke, everybody on that team, be like, who the hell's that guy? You know? Yeah, and there's the random college coach you could maybe yeah. pull away for the, enough money. I mean, that's right, the, maybe. the question also is, too, is are is the team willing to invest by paying Millen and paying another coach and paying right. big money no. for another coach? And no. the answer is probably no mm-hmm. to that question. But you would think that if you got somebody with McMillan and you would – you know, McMillan has a system that seems to work in the well, and, well and well enough. Like it, it, yeah. it's, it's a point, but like – at some point, you got to like look at the number and say, okay, all these teams shooting threes, like we can't just not do that. Like we can't just be the team that takes every mid range two and is living die by the mid range shot, which is like dead. You know, we have to figure out. Did you okay. know? Uh, did you know seven of the sixteen playoff teams, so almost half, were in the bottom half of the league in three point attempt rate? Yeah, but how many of the teams that are going to win the title are in the top half? <laughs> well, that's not fair. The no. Warriors, the Warriors break everything. Warriors, Houston, Bucks, the probably the three best teams. Toronto yeah, four. Those are the four uh, best teams in the league. They also have the like three of the five best players. Yeah, Giannis can't shoot threes at all. <laughs> well, but the whole team is built around him, and I I would make yeah. an argument too that that's true. That if you bring in the right coach, so James Harden, right? How did he become? Like I'm not convinced. I'm not part of it. It goes both ways. Equals better offense. I think more efficiency equals better offense. That's unequivocally true. And I think there are I, ways to be efficient think, without threes, although they are related. But like, and I would say James Harden's kind of like emergence from like what was probably a top 10, five player to the MVP level player he is, partially is also because of coaching. That yeah, kind NBA of just said, says do whatever the hell you want every time. Well, that helped. But like, I mean, they, they just sort of like let him become a point guard essentially, which is not what the team would have done. You know, it's not a Nate McMillan thing. Like, there's things oh, with yeah, Oladipo he, that he can yeah, be innovative. I agree with that. Like, are like, are we are we not sure if Oladipo was healthy and he, you know, he definitely has the if he's 100% healthy and he has. His raw athleticism is as good as somebody like Westbrook or close to it. I mean, he's probably a notch below, but I mean, that's and why are we? There's, it didn't seem like there was enough um, 
utilizing that and putting the ball in his hands enough time to understand like that. And, and those kind of things, adding in the margin we'll of the threes and stuff like that. being really... the highest of any pacer since PG when he was healthy, remember? <laughs> yeah, but it feels like his usage is because he's put, he's given the ball eight seconds and told, figure that's it out. What happens not like superstars. The... No, but some of it, if you put the ball in hand, when he starts, I think that's action, a little bit of how shot. it is for everybody with that usage is a little, there. Yeah, but it's but it, I'm talking about I, getting him in situations more where he can bring the ball up and actually initiate an offense. And yeah, well, I think we both agree kind of he's better at point guard. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I mean, I, I, I didn't realize that was what you're saying. That's what I mean. I don't mean like he's not get the ball enough. I just mean he's not getting the ball. He, you start him with the ball, he might be better off than having him off the ball. Although there's times they also don't run enough. You know, like they don't run any corner three setups a lot of times. It's a lot of it is occasionally for Turner if you watch it in the corner while they run their action, but they don't actually like actively seek out the corner shooter. Well, and remember two years ago, Vic was like, I forget what the percentage was, but he was ridiculous. In the yeah, yeah, it was like, and like it's like, why are they not just putting the ball in Collins' hands and just running Vic in a circle with double screens so he gets an open corner three, you know, four times a game? If it was that easy, they would probably do it. I don't. But, think the, but did they ever? They're idiots. Oh, I, that's the thing. I worry <laughs> sometimes. I don't think they're idiots. I think that's that's really mean to say that's the wrong way to say it. i just think sometimes they're not always focusing on like the exact kind of point where they can exploit a team and they kind of worry about just take the open shot we're going to kind of run this like kind of system and we're just going to let it flow instead of like trying to adjust to specific things at specific times i mean that's the play yeah. right he doesn't you know doesn't really adjust to a play like he'll make some adjustments in lineups like that but he doesn't like try to break something new out the way you know oh, I think oh Steven does. Just, there were like, like four or five completely new sets than i saw really yeah oh yeah first play of game two I'll yeah, but, but we're talking about like sets for one play, and then it's a reverse. Yeah, back that to was the... a set new play. Scored two points. Very easy. Thad Young dunk it. Yeah, but I'm talking about like actually like not running the same exact system in the third quarter when you're panicking. That's what I'm. That's what I'm <laughs> yeah, talking they about. Did, uh, they did the Sabonis left elbow dribble handoff like a hundred. You know, it's row. very it's very easy to start the game with a great play, but like. The, be- the hard thing to do is to be able to pull a play out of your ass, essentially, <laughs> in the in the middle of the third quarter when you have this quarter basket in three minutes. That's probably, the hard- like that. probably like five coaches can do that. Well, but I'm 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 not saying that McMillan. I think McMillan one of them is was the coach on the other sideline of the. Of the well, state. that's the coach you should strive for, right? You well, I don't understand how I'm arguing <laughs> on this. There's only like five to ten of them in the world. I know, but like, <laughs> obviously, you-, you want those guys if they're available, but they're they're not. But, like, how many McMillans are there? They're probably 20, right? So if you get one of McMillans again, what's the biggest deal? You get the same coach. But then if you hit on one, you all of a sudden have a great coach. Yeah, I, I think that that's certainly possible. But I, that, that's not what we said. We said do we think McMillan will be back. Oh, I said that. But I said he should. That's all. I think he should be. I don't know. I, I think – what did Larry Bird say? Three, three years you lose the, the roster. I think three straight first – but now you can make a case <laughs> of rebuild. Roster. Yeah. You get different roster in year two, and it might be a different roster now in year four anyways. But next year you'll have one year left. So I think that – I think next summer this discussion will heat up even farther. Yeah. I, the question is do you think next year is there going to be the best chance in the next three years to win a title for the Pacers next summer? Or next season at least, sorry. Next season or two years from now? Like as in 2019-20 season. Well, the, the summer kind of dictates a lot of that answer. Right. I mean – That's hard to say. Like what happens with the Sixers Max guys – what happens with the Celtics if Kyrie leaves? What happens with the Bucks if they retain all their dudes? Like all that, all that matters in that answer. Okay, but right now, if you had to take a guess, uh, on the spot, just the like best shot will probably be two years from now. I would think. Okay, I think. that's fine. I mean, because they yeah, need to Max I, Simmons, and then the Sixers are just four dudes and no depth, and the Celtics either AD is expired or Kyrie's gone. So then it's just the Bucks and whoever gets Kyrie, probably that are studs. Probably two years from now. Okay. See, I, I think it's more likely next year. I, I think probably two years KD's out, so the Warriors are more vulnerable. Kyrie's out, possibly oh, the next round of the playoffs. I mean, that's where I'm thinking. And then if no, the Sixers, the Warriors, even if KD leaves, like the Warriors are the best team in the NBA next year. Yeah, but they're not the, the far and away the way they are now. No, 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 absolutely not. They're they're also an injury away from being beatable. Is what yes that yes. means. And honestly, they might not, I mean there might be a better team in the West to knock them out. Yes. And then I don't know. You got to figure that. But I think next year is probably the Pacers' best season to win interesting, the East. Interesting. Interesting. I think so. But that that's doesn't matter. It's um, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's move on. Um, do you want to do assistant coaches? I think no. They're all Dan, Dan Burke. Dan Burke no. Twenty-one years. No. Yeah. He's safe. <laughs> I know. Dan Burke is back. Okay, yeah, I don't I, even. They had the same assistant coaching staff two years in a row, so I bet it's the same. I mean, there might be some. There's somebody just somewhere else. Yeah. I don't know. 
I mean, think I bet Popeye and like, and uh, actually, honestly, Bano, Popeye, and Burke, I think, we're all are all probably back. Yeah, I mean, I, I would barring Hon- something. You know, one <laughs> I don't think they like else. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, do you want to do free agents first, or do you want to do starter or like not free agents first? Um, I think we do a free agents then a break, or do you want to do the other way around and free agents after a break? Let's do free agents in a break because I think after agents will be more actually, more discussion worthy, or just yeah, or more interesting. Okay. Let's do it that way. Um, all right, so we'll start with the easy one: is uh, West Matthews in or uh, out? I agree. Out, um, very much out. Just simply wasn't good enough to. Wasn't I, probably coming back anyways, and just wasn't good enough to. What do you? I want to know the answer because I haven't looked it up yet. But I am incredible. So uh, I think I've said this in the show. I don't know if I ever said it to you. Uh, did you know Wesley Matthews finished? With a war shooting percentage than Tyreek in a Pacers jersey? Yeah, I think you told me that last show. But that's not actually what I wanted to look up. That is just something I wanted to say. Okay. Okay. My gosh, why is basketball references page long? All right. What do you think his field goal percentage was in the playoffs? 30%. 30. On the nose. Way to go. <laughs> I just guessed. I promise I'm, I'm staring at the little Google Hangouts thing. He was nine guess. for 30. And he was really good putting the ball in the basket the first 10 games he was here. And he pl- played pretty good defense on Paul George, and we all love the dude. And then it was not very good from then on. Yeah, he's clearly just just an yeah. old dude. Yeah, I mean, he probably, kind of his best role is probably to be the guy off the bench to play ten minutes. I mean, I don't think I just think he can't handle the workload. Ten to fifteen minutes, yeah. Yeah, and maybe he would be a great Royce O'Neal role or something like that. So, what do you think he gets in, in contract wise? Like the mini mid level, like five point seven or eight million. So, like, why wouldn't if you're the patient, you have the space? Would you do not do that? Uh, because the opportunity cost is pretty big. Right, something more helpful to the team with that money. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I'm thinking like if you need a mid level guard, like a mid level exception value guard, he might be not a terrible one to bring back. But no, no, I don't think he's a terrible choice to bring back. I just don't think they do. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think he is like. Like the Pistons overpay him or something like that. You know, a team like on the fringes thinks he can help them a lot more than he can. Is it me or is he like a, like a Houston guy? <laughs> That's also a good choice. Just a Houston in the corner draining threes all night. Yeah, for real. That is a great choice. Um, all right. Uh, next probably easy one, Tyreek Evans in or out? Uh, out. I Experiment 100%. was a great risk and it did not pay off and you move on. And that's does, does he get a multi-year contract next summer? His playoffs might have earned him some money. I don't know how many years it got him, though. One year, probably eight to ten, right? Oh. Eight, I think eight. I mean, I'm guessing eight is what he gets one year. Eight. Yeah, I bet he – I would put him in the same money range as Matthews, if we're being honest. I think a – is he – actually, how much old? Oh, he's closer to the he's same age. He's right? 30. And Matthews is going to be 33. Matthews will be 33, yeah. Uh, I have his page up. I should have just looked instead of guessing. <laughs> Matthews will also be 33. Yes, you were right. So I think it's a little more than Matthews. Just that's fair. That's fair. There's but one year, right? Yes. And Tyreek's another guy like Wes Matthews that I feel like a team like Detroit or Los Angeles, the Wizards, or one of the Lakers. Yeah, someone right on the fringes of the playoffs thinks that they can. He's a Laker. I help them jump up into he, that that discussion. He's a Laker when it never been like boogie boogie cousins Tyreek Evans and LeBron <laughs> on a team. I have been saying in our group chat that I think the Lakers is the most likely reek destination. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, <laughs> all right. Next free agent, uh, Eni Mini uh Mani Mo of the guards that are left. Corey Joseph, in or out. Okay, can I answer that with a question? Sure. No, that's not how I want to do it. I just want to explain my thought process there. Okay. I think co- I I th- something just bugs me in my tummy that tells me one of <laughs> Kojo or DC will be back, but not both. But it's weird because in my head, the most logical thing, not even in my head, this is absolutely the most logical thing, is they get a really good point guard or like the best one they can and have Holiday be the backup. I think that absolutely makes the most sense for the present and future of the team. But something in my gut just tells me they're going to keep one of those two guys, and I don't know why. And Um, because that's in my gut, I think Kojo is the best one to keep because he can play the two and is a really good defender. So for Kojo, I will say 51% yes, back. Um, I agree with you. One way back because you look at they have let's say they have like forty eight million in like actual cap space, give or take, right? And they need to be able to find yeah. what do they have? They have on the rotation guys. They have if they keep everybody: Sabonis, Turner, Oladipo, McDermott, uh, McDermott, Holiday, Holiday. Who am I missing? Maybe. Are those are the no, five, that's it. Leaf, right? maybe. 
So, and then, sorry, then I was thinking, so that, so the four guys they have that are realistic are, well, I guess they had Ed Holiday, but like I'm thinking, all of the these Turner, Sabonis, McDermott, so they have five, and then they have a sixth guy they'd pay 30 million to, whatever that guy yeah. is. So then they have to basically Understood. find, you need eight guys to win a playoff, play in a playoff, yeah. so you have to find two more guys for the extra 16. And I feel like one of Kyle's just would be cheap enough where you get him one for Especially eight. Especially you can eight. keep him on bird rights because then you can go over the cap. Well, I think the idea is you get one for eight, the other one for eight, and then you made a little section of guy, and that's your nine guy rotation. That would be awesome. That's probably the move, but um. So I think it's one of Carlton and Joseph. Because, I think honestly, it's just whatever because Kojo one can play two guards, I pick Kojo, and I think he'll be cheaper too. To be honest, um, mm-hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, that is a good question. That's a good. I'm going to pause that one and maybe take that back in a second. Uh, um, so I, I actually, I think Joseph is out. If I had to okay. guess, that. okay, yes, our first disagreement. I love it. Um, simply because I think he's going to be a little too expensive for the Pacers to look at. He's probably getting a mid-level exception deal. A- maybe Adam, guess, who, guess so who led the team in shooting percentage in the playoffs? After all that we made about his horrible club. But he was so bad for a while. And I don't, <laughs> he shot, the I'm not he even shot 50% this. and led the team. <laughs> I just think he's oh, – we've he's seen so him enough. offensively he's limited. But he's just like – he's paying $10 million. He's not making sure No way. Or what's, what's the no, mid-level next Oh, year? no way he's making getting the mid-level after the way he ended the year. Oh, I think – I think he might get close to it. He'd be, he just I, has that playoff history. I know. Like I think that. he's like a $7 million guy. Okay. You think he gets multi-year? Um, I think he can get multi-year. Yeah. He's good enough backup guard. So that brings me to my next one is Darren so We both Carlson flipped from out. the last one, right? I say out, you say in. I think Carlson's had to release a long like – I like got a three-year 15. Deal. I don't, I'm trying That'd to think crazy. of the perfect team like for this. Like the Wizards. The, the Wizards might – Think of one of the two guys we've said is like, okay, Wall is going to be out all year. Let's get a, a good enough guy for one year. I mean, my thing with Carlson is or, you want to keep him. Pelicans alongside Drew, like some team will, I think, will, will try to get these one of those two guys to, to fill that gap for a little bit. I think you want Carlson, though, Pacers person, because he's a perfect guy to kind of mentor Aaron Holiday. I mean, he, That's true. They do have similar skill sets. Even if they bring in another guard, let's say, which I guess we're assuming they bring in like a Mike Conley. I mean, I think that's the odds on favor right play, now. You could probably play Aaron off guard. Like I know, but I'm guard. saying they're the you, same kind of player where if Collins is a perfect kind of mentor, but if, if Aaron Holly became Darren Collison with the better clutch shooting, that would be the he'd be great NBA player. That'd be great. That's what I mean by Aaron playing off ball guard is like if you wanted to have Darren Aaron, which I would love to say over and over again. If you had Darren Aaron as your second unit guards, like that's fine. Oh, Carlson is saying on guard would be great, I think. Yeah. I mean, he, fine. And I I just think he is the kind of guy where I would if, not they, love that, but that's fine. if they want to bring him back like on a long like a longer term short like short money, like low money but longer term deal, just kind of keep him here and let him finish his career. Cause I think wherever I just he goes felt, in the next so on, on Carlson. I was so high on him after the first year here. But this year I'm just kinda like meh. meh. Yeah, I think also what you gotta think about is same with Matthews the same way. Like if Carlson is playing more like twenty minutes a game, is he more more effective because he gets to actually put all his in those 20 minutes yeah. playing the 30 he was because is he just not you know like i said if you give him like i mean even give him mcdermott cut i would say three years 21 which is probably even a little high for him i would say um would he be effective at 15 20 for two more two or three more seasons he might yeah perhaps Corey joseph's younger too i think that's his yeah 100 i agree with you i mean i think it's one i think one of the two because you look at it. They need four guards. They're gonna need they four will. guards. They only they one do. right now, maybe two. If you th- if you really believe Holiday can be in the rotation next year, which I, I think I think I probably I think, I, think I, I think I probably do too. So then maybe they only need two guards. So we'll see. One they get, one they keep. Yeah. Um. All right. So next. Well, okay. That's Oquin got to be next, right? Yes, yeah, so I kind of skipped him. So is Oquin in out, out done? I agree. I think he wants a bigger role. I think. Um, I think for. I, I don't know why. I just felt like. He believed in the role before the year, and then when he realized how little he was playing, he was like, oh. Yeah, and I also think he just um, – I don't think he realized of what his role was going to be. Or maybe he wanted to go somewhere where he could kind of be like considered a good locker room guy, I guess, in a That's, sense. He I was. Don't know. <laughs> yeah, so I think he, whatever I think it he's is. he's destined to be the backup six or center next year. Yeah. Good um, for him. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know where it's back. The two big guy. ones, right? Yeah. Here we go. So who's so who's left? In or did I miss one? Uh, no, no, wait, I'm, I'm, is is Alize a free agent or is he? 
He is a, a non-guaranteed deal that guaranteed July 15th. Uh, he's back, though. Yes. Okay, and then there's Sumner's contract, correct? option due June 29th. Like Alizé, yes, I think Edmund Sumner is back. Yeah, I feel, only I see Edmund not getting back because they like a couple of the guys they draft and they just decide it's not worth it. But I think Sumner played well at the end of the year, so you got to give him another shot. Yeah. I so. think both of those two are back. Okay, now Good we turn. Second-round picks paying dividends. Good for, the, good for the team. Yeah, and they both pick, so that'll be interesting to see what they do there. Um, All right, now turning our attention to the two big the big two. Da, da, da. Um, we'll start with uh, we'll start with Man, Thaddeus Young. These yeah. are hard because if you go for a big guy, if you go for a Kemba, a Conley, a Jim, what, a whoever. I've we've named every name on this show sometime. If you go for that guy and you get them, you can only keep one of the two. Maybe maybe you can't keep either. Yeah, you might be able to keep either. So by yeah. saying yes on one, if you believe they're getting a good guy, you are effectively saying no to the other. Because of that stipulation that I have just put on there, my answer to Thaddeus Young is no. I'm torn because I don't. <laughs> I know I, it's hard. It's really hard. Well, one, I think it's very clear that Sabonis definitely is not ready to play for. Absolutely. I agree. I'm 100% with you there. I wanted then, to be, we all wanted to be, but he's not. But then there's also the part of me that thinks, well, what Thad does is great, but couldn't you pay less money for it? Like, couldn't you find somebody no. who's about 80% of him, but. Is a lot. There's like fifty percent of the cost. No, I mean, I love that man. Don't do that. No, no, and I, I understand. I mean, but like, what's it going to cost next year? What's that going to cost? Ten mil. Ten. Um, okay, I was thinking he might get fifteen for one year. So I, I will add a thing here. Um, the reason I, I, pro I probably value in terms of free agents for this team, Thad and Bojan, pretty equally myself. But I think Pritchard's comments about the stretch four last year make me think that they are more likely to keep Bojan than Thad. And thus, I choose, I I say no for, no, I'm going to ruin my Bojan answer, but thus I say no for Thad and less for Bojan. But then Thad's a captain, so I, sh I it's it's hard, but KP's comments make me lean no. For some reason, I feel like Thad could be back, and I, I, I lean towards yes over Bojan simply because uh, he'll be on a one-year, like $15 million. I don't, know why get, I don't know why he would take a one-year. Well... I don't, I don't I mean, understand that. Yeah, I, I guess the question is, what can he get in the market? Three years, thirty. That dictates a lot of these answers. Is that is that question? Because I think if you have like Millen, you want so him if back. I'm, if I because the step on what you just said, three for thirty, another team with the full mid level could offer. So then his price goes up for the Pacers, assuming he like says to them like, "I'm getting the same offer, and I'd rather live in a different city." Is he is he destined for Memphis? Am I just? <laughs> I know that? That. that that's what I'm fixated on too. Well, so, so the, other, the, the the other other thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'm probably gonna do an entire show about this at some point. Trading for Conley the easiest way might be a sign and trade, and that's if it what is, I just that's if, what I was thinking. If, if Thad's full bird rights and money is the easiest way, and his he's from there, he's got ties to there. Like he, the extra piece of sign and trade that's usually missed is the player getting traded. From that signs the deal has to want to go to that place too, or else he wouldn't sign it. From so, Memphis. if that, yeah, Thad would like Memphis. So I think that that adds in the possibility. Does that Thad want to win? That's the question. You know yeah, I, mean? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, he's a family man too with two kids. So you know where his values lie is. It's. It, I'm not going to guess. I won't say. But I, that is another. There's just a lot of things that add up one by one by one by one that make me lean no. Well, part of me says Thad has made so much money that his career. That's true. His last contract's pretty big. That that's why he would take a one-year, fifteen million dollar deal to try to because he might think this team is close to winning and he can be a piece of it. That would be my only thought. It's wild that in the old cap environment he got four for fifty-six. I mean, he is really good, but he was really he was really good. Really good with the Sixers in that too. I mean, he was like wasn't he averaging sixteen or seventeen points a game back in those days? Yeah, yeah, he was. I and mean, that's a guy worth whatever fourteen fifteen million dollars. That's what Eric yeah. Gordon got in the old cap day. His career high points per game is uh, eighteen. Yeah. Well, it's part of me feels like Thad just just bets him could bet himself again because he likes the team yeah. and he wants to win a championship or wants to compete for championship. Feel like the Pacers are close enough if he returns. Well, and and, and Sakina has said on Twitter like hopefully we'll be back, you know, stuff like that. So so I mean, and, and maybe it's simple that he's a three for thirty, but you do it kind of stepping down a little bit, so it's like or the a first player year. option that incentivizes him too. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking like what's what what can you do if you give him three for thirty? You can start at twelve and go down to eight over by the third year. Well, then go down and have a player option. Yeah. Yeah. Full bird allows you to do a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I, I, that's what I wonder. 
Or I guess you could do the reverse way. You could start with eight so you have more cap space for this season. Yeah, they're he, no, the problem yeah. is his cap holds so high that using bird rides for him is, is tough, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so Bojan, in or out? In. I think I, I think his, he ends up getting some <laughs> stupid bidding war. So we, have flipped, we flipped on DC, Kojo, and we flipped on Boyan Ted. That's funny. You think, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's the that's the argument I was going to make. I'm glad you said it. The only reason, I, or the only way I can see Boyan out, because if you saw his quotes to J. Michael, it seems like his preferred choice is here, but... <laughs> he wants money. He wanted three, three for 50 last time. He didn't get it. He wants... Yeah. He, he has not had the big contract yet. Like the, something like, nicely. The, like the like the Kings or the Mavs or the Jazz or someone comes in and just says, "Here's a bunch of money." Maybe he takes it. He feels like Dallas three for sixty at some just ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not talking ridiculous. No, I don't number. think the Mavs are gonna spend blow their one chance at space with the team they have on Bojan. Oh, he feels like he feels like the end of it where they don't get anybody and that's what they get. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's that, he's that I guy. Root, I would root like crazy for Bojan on that foreign team though. That would be awesome. And I'm just saying, like, what they do is they sell it on like, look, this guy averaged 22 points on Vic. Like this guy was for four, 20, you know. <laughs> and and the thing about if, get that. but Bojan too is I do feel like because you have if you re-sign Thad, you have a guy who guards other teams forwards. And can you you can find some of Bojan's offense on the market for a lot cheaper? I mean, I guess we did that with McDermott and it, it failed, but for cheaper than 10 million? times. No, cheaper than what he's oh, gonna be worth. Oh, maybe. Not cheaper for the, this year. I mean what he's gonna have to cost to get you back like 15, That's I think, fine. is the minimum fine. to get him back. Right, but that's a lot of money no, to pay not. for a guy that's who fine. can't. 18 point a game score for 15 million. That's uh, that's it's fine. Pretty good deal. Well, what was he when Vic was in? One of 14, yeah, right? He was in the 15. 20s. No, when Vic was out in the 20s, oh, when Vic was healthy, he was more like um, in the 15, 16 range. Keep talking. Um, no, but like 15 million dollars <laughs> for a guy who can't really guard at, at that at the position where you need a guy who can guard the other team's small wing players is a lot of money. Yeah, to pay. That, that, yeah it's gonna be different without that. With with that, that's why that's why especially if you flip that, you know. So I feel like you can need to get a three and D guy there for cheaper, or you can play three guards at times. You can you can kind of figure out the minutes oh, now. Post Vic, he was twenty point seven. Pre Vic or yeah. w- w- with Vic, this is hard because I can't take out those seven or those eleven, 11 games. games. What was he at eighteen? Uh, six, Sixteen. Okay, and he's like what fourteen and a half last year. Sixteen. Yeah. So yeah, I I still think he's worth about fifteen. Yeah, I just sixteen. Like, like he's Joe. He's better than Joe Ingles now, right? After that comparison we made last year and got in trouble, uh, Joe Ingles got about that money. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not sure I would have paid Joe Ingles that money. Wow. I think um, that's easily what they're worth. I mean, no, I, I'm not saying it's always worth, but I'm, I'm not sure it's it's worth to a team that is up on the cap space and oh, we front. were harping on the Pacers for not having a secondary scorer all year. I now know, they but they have he, one in their backyard. No, they, but they didn't when they had Vic. <laughs> He wasn't like some great when they had Vic. 16 I mean, points a game when they had Vic. He was pretty good as a secondary scorer. Yeah, right I mean, but I'm saying it's right. I mean, a guy who can put up 20 by with with Vic out there. Oh, still. well, that's like a like a 25 to 30 million dollar player. Yeah, and that's but like like I don't, then you're not getting your point guard. So the point I was trying to make too was that Bowen only also makes sense if you feel like you're going to play him at the four. <laughs> I keep cutting you off. No, sorry. you're fine. I'm, <laughs> Is Bogan makes sense if you want to play him at the four? If you want to make him stretch four ish, then you think about. Then you're like, okay, well, we won't bring back title. Bring back Cam. We'll play him at a little bit of three, a little bit of four, and that's and that's kind of the grand plan. That would make sense. Get Terrence Ross to play your wing D and not shoot against your team. Well, I mean, there's also the possibility if you bring Vic into point guard and you bring in a Mike Conley, maybe you can play Darren Collison or you can play Aaron Holiday at the. You kind of figure it out, I guess, a little bit. Miles Turner at the three. I mean, I want to sat at three at one point. So. <laughs> I did too in the playoffs. I came around to it finally. But, but I'm not sure, like, especially because Vic is a really good defender that you couldn't let him guard another team's. Yeah. Well, he could guard a one or a three. Honestly. I mean, honestly, with Mike Conley, Mike Conley's a really good defender too, still. Yeah, he is. I feel like, I feel like it's, it's, Mike Conley is the most likely to become a pacer, right? I mean, it's just, it just makes sense, I think, right? I think so. He's but the gonna... dads will be bidding for him. And, you know, we're not, they're not alone there. Yeah, and they—I don't know if they want to give up, give up Sabonis. Exactly. All right. We'll um, see how that goes. That's a different dis- again, different discussions. Yeah, let's take a break, and then we'll do with the guys who are on the roster, least signed for next year. All right, welcome back in the Locked On Pacers podcast. All right, easiest one to start. Victor Oladipo in in or out? Done. Check. Oh man, you know you don't think they trade him for like Russell Westbrook? <laughs> like, I was thinking. So this just—I had, had a guy. I had a guy tweet at me and say, 
that uh, that Vic is basically dead with his injury, and if someone offers a first rounder for him, even in the twenties, they should take it. So, okay, that's. I was gonna make the joke. The funniest thing I've ever seen. I was gonna make the joke that the Thunder, who are gonna lose in the first round, probably are like <laughs> such a disarray that they would trade Westbrook for the trade they traded for Paul George. Just give him Vic and <laughs> Sabonis back for Westbrook, and that could be like the new move. <laughs> that actually might be a better move, to be honest. Just throwing it I, out there. I uh, I, I think I'd rather have Vic and Sabonis than Westbrook. <laughs> exactly, that's what I mean. <laughs> Um, anyways, that, that is crazy. Okay. It, so the other I mean, is yeah, the, so. sorry, I want to make sure I have this group right. Since we already did Sumner and Alize, the rest of the people is Sabonis, Turner, McDermott, Leaf, and Holiday, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, so Vic, we agree, is back. back. All right. Um, oh, I'm going to save the two that we want to do for last. So yes. Do, is McDermott in or out? The argument for McDermott is very binary, isn't it? He's either salary fodder in a big trade or he is back on the team. Yeah, I actually feel like, I mean, he's part of a trade because you just want to clear a little more space so you can get a, another guy. Because you, you, That's possible. He's not really good enough to be in a plat rotation, I think, has been proven this year. He's just not. Yeah, he's not. They or, but it, but like you, you could send him to somewhere like Memphis. We keep bringing up Conley. I keep bringing him up. Really, I do, not you. Um, send him to Memphis. And then Memphis could ship him out for something because there is some value to having McDermott on a – if you're a really good team, you might find value in having a kind of stretch guy. Yeah, he he's certainly the only middling tradable salary they have. Well, I mean, it, especially if you take somebody in the steer, take the probably the big guy into space theoretically. But then you could have a send a little out, so you could have an extra yeah, extra player, that. right? Because you, you got to figure out how to get eight guys. That's the goal. You have to send away something. Yes. So yeah. yeah, that you're right. That but we're we're both in agreement. The argument's binary. It's probably fifty fifty to me. But the fact that he couldn't play in the playoffs, I think I'll go no actually on McDermott there. Yeah, I. The one thing is, if you if he's in with Vic, I, I don't know. But if you, I mean, this is come back to the coaching. If they had a more creative coach, could they find a way to use him a little better? But that's we already uh, said McMillan's in, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I said it. You didn't. Um, no, I said he was in. I just said think he should be out. Oh right, right. Um, yeah, that's true. I, I mean, don't know. He had a few games where he sparked. Yeah, but they just didn't. Like, what mean, can you do so much better than what they did? I, 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 I don't know. That's why I'm not the coach of the basketball. I think, he, I, think offer, I think he offers them stuff in the role that Hanneman. in. So. I think he does too. I just think he doesn't offer enough. Fair, fair. In the playoffs, he offered and nothing. I think all that really matters for a team with big aspirations. Yeah. But like, remember, Tony, I'm not an NBA coach because <laughs> I don't think of how to use him. That's not my job. job my job is to critique people. It's our job to have even. opinions, Adam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my job. My job is. <laughs> My job is to know how to use McDermott as I'm not I think, I think Adam yells at me once a month before we start the show that I need to have more opinion. No, not, <laughs> not that often. You're just very moonless to tell you're like, oh, I don't know, maybe, kind of, maybe, I don't know. I'm a big maybe guy, Adam. Um, <laughs> all right, let's keep moving down the list. Uh, is Leaf in or out? Uh, <laughs> Leaf and Holiday are both really hard. Because I think so. I think Leaf is in the same situation as McDermott, but probably I was about more. to say that too. I was about to say that too. He's like, but like he's more of an asset than McDermott, which which actually probably hurts him, honestly. Is he more of an asset than McDermott? I mean, I guess he is. Like, yes, can, a, he's a rookie contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He showed I mean, improvement. Yeah, I think I I, I well, okay. Here's the thing. Could I'll, go, you, I'll go yes for Leaf. Actually, could, could you get a second round pick for McDermott right now? No. Okay, so then yeah, I think Leaky could probably get a second round pick still if he really wanted to. So Agreed. that's that's the difference. You absolutely um, get a second round. Like trade away McDermott with a second rounder. I feel like he's back. I just feel like unless <laughs> he, unless like the team they trade they trade for a guy says we need we want Leaf like he's not you know you don't not trade for the guy because of Leaf but if they don't say they want Leaf you keep Leaf and you hope maybe that he can improve some more and you can put him in your rotation next season. Hi Gary. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I mean, Gary, like, the, Gary says no. Gary so, says he's not on the team because he's not on the Madden's next year. He's so cheap, and like, it doesn't affect your salary cap that much. And unless a team really wants him, like, he's just going to be on your roster. The decision with Leaf is this, Adam. You have to decide on his fourth year option by October thirty first. Wait, no, that's but the then, hard one. then you can't resign him, right? If you don't, and you can't bring him back, Solomon Hill, all over again. Although that worked out for the Pacers, but still, <laughs> yeah, that actually worked out. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I that's a hard one. Mm. I think they that might have to play in like, summer to see if he looks any better. Yeah. I guess we'll I, I, another hard okay. one. So uh, holiday. holiday. Yeah. Most likely got to be traded for the big guy, right? Tim or Sabonis, right? Yep. I'm with you. You don't give up both unless it's how what what player we give up both for. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm talking Anna first. So let's say mostly it's, it's going to be a first Carbonis round. And holiday, what I, I want back. Yeah. Oh, man. A really Drew, good player. Is Drew good enough? Drew, Drew's probably like the worst player I'd do that for. Right? Who Who's available to be the best? <laughs> Nobody. Yeah, right? Who's I mean, Bradley Beal? I mean, is he available? I mean, I think you do no. that in five seconds, but I don't I think he's available. That. I would do that right away. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, because like I'm, I'm assuming to get a guy, you're gonna take a first round pick and one of Holiday or Sabonis. I'm with you there. Agree. If they could steal Conley without doing that, that would be crazy. I mean, they could just give up two first round picks for Conley. That might be insane, but that might be able to. That would be like the greatest. That'd be the best scenario of this. But um, I agree. I see. I, I think he's. I, I also think he returns because I, I want them to trade for Conley, but they're gonna do it. They're remember, gonna, remember the, the rumor slash borderline confirmed report of. Holiday being offered for Conley during the season. That's I right. I think that should be in the thinking too. I think I'm calling. Holiday have a little nice uh, little run at the end. And this hurts. This is hard. Ah, oh, I'll say I'll say yes. He's he's in or he's out. I think he's in. Same. I think he showed enough at the end of the season where you're afraid to trade him. I want to listen back to this and write down our responses and see how we did. I'm mean, like I'm I'm not against him being traded. Let's put it that way. But I just think I agree. A, I'm with you. And I, for me, in our opinions about what we think they should do, this is what we think. Yeah. For happen. me, for me, it feels like they don't make a trade off me. They get they kind of get too scared of making a move and screwing up. To be are honest, you, are you ready like. for the big two? Um, are we missing one more? Nope. We got nope, them all. Never mind. It. All right. Uh, which one do you want to do first? The one with the big contract, one with the tiny contract. Uh. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just, the I have, my, one answer, the I have one. my answer one of them locked in for sure, so I hope you pick All it. All right. Turner in or out? In. That's the one I have locked in. Okay. So the only way I see Turner Ooh. out is, is if you trade him for Anthony Davis. Yeah. Yeah, He Turner had a good enough defensive – or actually a great defensive playoffs. His offense continues to be the same crap in the postseason. So, um, but I think he, did, he showed enough in the playoffs that I think he stays. So did – did I do my my Anthony Davis scenario for the Pacers off the Adam, podcast? It's not happening. Can, yes, I, can, can, I, can I just show. do? My, can I do them real quick? So, like the scenario that works for the Pacers is that the Pelicans say "f you" to the Lakers that don't want to trade him there, no matter what. Like, just say "screw you" for tanking our season. He's never, never sending him there. Boston loses loses Kyrie, so they don't want to trade for him either. Then, who's left of the teams that would trade for him? You looking at the Knicks and the Clippers, right? And so the Knicks don't get a top, and the 76ers. Okay, so, so the 76ers say so they don't want to trade Simmons because they're just afraid to. The Knicks don't end up with a top three pick or even maybe maybe even two. Would actually, not well, I think you'd trade John Moran for Davis if you could right now. Um, they, don't right. the, they don't end up with a top two pick. And then the Clippers, I don't know how it works with Clippers. They, they get enough free agent guys they don't do it or whatever. And then Miles Turner, Aaron Holiday, and a first becomes your best offer for Davis. That would be a terrible offer for Anthony Davis. Well, I mean <laughs> – but like you would have said, Oladipo and Sabonis for George was a terrible offer, but it's what they got stuck with because the guy who's got one left is going to leave. You don't know who's going to stay. I mean, that's kind of what happened. And Kevin Pritchard really liked those guys. Yeah, no, but I mean, that's, it's the same kind of thing. Where like I think the thing we forget sometimes is that when a guy has one or left, you don't know if he's resigning. He becomes all of a sudden very cheap, and you can kind of not cheap in a way, but he becomes all, his value is half of it, and you can kind of find unique ways to get his, to get him. Like if you give up like the DeRozan for. Um, Kawhi was like an interesting way where it wasn't really like a great long-term play, but it was like a really good, like, oh, you get a really good player for a good player kind of thing. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not with you on this one, man. <laughs> no, I, I think it's 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 very ludicrous of happening because ultimately I think you, the Lakers are going to give offer just too much where you can't say no. Like, even if you really hate them, you just can't say no to like three first-round picks, Kuzma, Ingram, and Ball. I mean, that's six assets for a guy who's going to leave anyways, but – I would love to have AD. Do not, do not think that trade even makes them. Sniff. No, I mean, how far are you willing to go? Two first and Turner and Holiday. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I'm just. This and is all impossible. Yeah. Anyways, my that's, Turner answer is no. He's back on, the, or is yes, he's back on the team. But but a trade of Holiday and Turner in a first keeps the Pelicans competitive too because they go through Holiday with Turner, which isn't terrible. I mean, isn't good if probably to make the playoffs in the West, but it's good enough to remain to think you're competitive for a little while. I guess. I think Drew Holiday alone is probably enough for that. I don't know. I that that that's gonna be a pretty. It depends what they get, I guess. Right. I wonder what their win percentage was after they fake benched AD. I'd love to look that up. I don't know. They didn't even try, so I don't. It's no, somewhere. they did not. Um, and the West is going to have eight good teams again next year because Clippers just could get better. And I have like 11 good teams next year. 
Yeah, it's stupid point. I mean, the, the Pelicans have got to be the most pissed that they got moved from the East because <laughs> if he played in the East, he would have made an NBA Finals by now. Yeah, and he wouldn't exactly. want to leave. I mean, that's that's how crazy this whole thing is. Yep. Where if Giannis played in the West, he'd never make an NBA Finals. He'd be out there in two years. But he's he, he's not going to make Finals this year because the West in the East. It's and the because season. he's the best player in basketball, I know. Yeah, but he couldn't get past the Warriors or Houston, oh. probably. To no. be honest, uh, he could get past Houston. Maybe Houston, but like having to play them back to back would be pain. Would be hard. Yes. Even harder. Um, but yeah. Okay. Correct. Um, all right. So I, I think I agree Turner's probably back unless AD's on the table or somebody else that's like really great. Like, I mean, if you go flipping for Beal, maybe that's something you think about because Beal is that good of a player. But that's about right. it. I mean, you gotta you're you're trading Turner for a guy who actually is better than him because the, either the guy is disgruntled or whatever the reason is, you're getting a better player, but you're trading a guy who's a decent value to another team. If accept that trade, then, yeah, they should do it. Because, I mean, as much as Turner is Indiana's guy, he like we said it, he just is not – if he's your third best player, I don't know if you can win a championship or if you compete for an NBA championship for that way. Again, if the, if the Pelicans are willing to accept the guy you have just described for Anthony Davis, then, yeah, go ahead. But uh, right. not, yeah. sure, not sure that would be intelligent of them to do. No, I know. But the question also is – because we've seen him play, we know he is. But do ever do other teams kind of view him the way, like you know, the the fans that are sick of fans for him feel like, oh, he has this potential to be great still, kind of thing. Yeah, he does. I, I mean, there are some there are some very dumb GMs now. Luckily, the one in Washington was really stupid; is no longer there, so that's unfortunate for us. And so it's <laughs> the same one in New Orleans. In New Orleans so and that's, Memphis. And Memphis. So I mean, unfortunately, they're actually a team that could have a trade coming. Yeah. Um, anyways, okay. Last guy. Uh, this is probably the toughest. I've said the toughest one this of every player, right? Dante Sabonis. Very much the toughest. Yes. In or out? In. Yeah, I really feel like they're gonna somehow run this back again with a time with a minor tweak again, and just it's gonna be. They hope they get a better result with Vic staying healthy. I don't think they run it back. I think that changes are going to happen, but I, think I don't think they Sabonis get gun shy. Changes. I think they hope Holiday is better and they get gun-shy about anything, any major trade, if I'm being honest. I don't know. I don't know what my official thoughts are yet. That's fair. I do, This is my preliminary post-losing in a sweep thoughts. So, you know, those, they could <laughs> yeah, change over the next something month. Has, something has to change. I don't know. Well, we'll see, we'll see what they what they say at the, and it's the press conferences and stuff right. like that. And yeah, X interviews coming up. We'll cover a, those here, too. I just feel like they're going to get gun-shy. They bring back all the same guys. They maybe only bring back one of that, or you know, maybe they maybe they bring back both that and Bojan, but only one of Kojo and DC and go at somebody else or whatever it is, and they just sort of run it back per se and hope that if you know the improvement without Vic has led Bojan to be a little better, they get holiday improvements, bonus continues to improve, Turner continues to improve, and you somehow can build a really good competitive team next year with trying your ass off and winning fifty-five games and being the two seed hopefully and all like and hope that gets enough. I don't think uh, the trying your ass off will sell this time. It sold last summer. I don't think it'll sell this summer. What do you mean? Like, everybody expects the team to go up now because they just had the biggest down ever. I don't think you can sell a similar run back with just we're going to try harder and have Vic. I don't think fans will go for that. You know? Because also, like, in theory, you could pay some bonus next summer. So there, there is this alternate, alternate, tiny path option where they just say screw it and punt on everything this summer. Literally – like one-year deals all over the place, see how good Vic actually is, and then go for it next summer. But no chance any fan would ever go for that after what happened this year. I mean, That's why I think shakeups are happening. I mean, we don't have a say, do we? We don't. Do fans have a say, really? Yes, fan perce- you're a business. Mm. Fan, perce- fan perception keeps you afloat. Yeah, but if, if you roll out Vic next like, year and he's healthy, are, are you, I mean, if you, if you roll out the same team and roll out Vic healthy next year and he has a great start, you tell me fans are going to show up to games? No, I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. I, that's, I, I think right now is when you have to assess it, not the start of next year. And to I be honest, I, the match that the, the Pacers just run it back is pretty much every time. The, <laughs> I mean, there are a few instances where they don't, where they're forced to not run it back, like the PG. They were forced not to run it back per se. I don't they, think they run it back. Uh, they, they, they changed it up a little bit the year they got rid of Roy Hibbert, um, but a lot of times they just run it back and hope to have a different result. And because, because. The team, and this is the pessimism, accepts is okay with losing second in the playoffs every year, first round, because they just want to make the playoffs and be competitive. They don't really care winning a championship ultimately. They just want to be competitive enough to sell tickets. I think that's accurate. I don't think that is enough for them not to shake things up. 
I think I just think they get, they get gun shy. The, the, that's the end. They just get too nervous about trading away wanting somebody young that could end up being it's good. Really possible because if Pritchard trades away Holiday or Sabonis, and they one of those guys end up blossoming into like you run that risk anytime you trade a young guy. I I know, but I I think he's gun shy about it because you saw what I mean. The Kawhi traded to be honest, my building around this franchise. I mean, that's the greatest whatever the franchise history. I know it's we can't really blame him at the moment, but if they just they decided they didn't value the pick and got rid of it, and if they had had Kawhi and PG uh, on the same I, team, they I might, might have they a bigger might what. Match. I might have a bigger what if for you. Okay, the brawl. Oh, hold on. Well, that actually might also be a bigger. One. <laughs> What's the bigger yeah, one? I have to figure out what year it was before I can officially. Say okay. It. Well, uh, the, <laughs> the Kawhi PG thing is, if you have both of them, the thought is, if Kawhi becomes what he becomes, you've got uh, like the best duo since Pippen and Jordan in terms of those kind of players. I mean, you've got two of the best small forward shooting guards in the league. Ideally. That and that's great. just your, you know, that team uh, that never mind. They picked 23rd that year. And, yeah. and, and you just constantly be throwing stuff at LeBron in playoff series for the last six years. Yeah. Just throwing just, those guys play 40 minutes and they're just both heckling LeBron on defense the entire time. And they're almost playing offense. Like that's scary. If they had had yeah. that happen. What was what was your almost scenario that didn't happen? I was wrong. I I couldn't remember what pick they had in 2013. I was gonna say the biggest what if is if they drafted Giannis, but they picked after he got. Started. Yeah, that's. <laughs> so never mind. Vic well, got picked before Giannis. What a draft! Is is a bigger what if? What if they take in Devin Booker over Miles Turner? No. Why not? If you put Booker with Old Depot, it's a bonus. I think, I think their impacts are actually pretty similar. I, I, I kind of agree, and Booker <laughs> makes it too much too much money. But you think about it, it fits better with the Sabonis. You don't have yeah, a little, overlap in the talents when you have Sabonis and Turner. You have Sabonis, Old Depot, and Booker. That's true. Which is Adam, fit. Who, is the, who is the second best player picked in the top 10 in 2013? We close with this not paper. Okay, hold on. Okay, 2013. So that was the Giannis draft. Actually, no, top nine because CJ McCollum was 10 and he would clearly be number two. Oh, okay. Wait, hold on. So, the top nine. Oh, I'm wait. Gonna... Okay, now, hold on. Hold on. You can, you can give me a second. So, <laughs> Giannis just – who was in that? Was that – so that's got to be the that's – the, that's the Anthony Bennett draft, correct? Red draft, top nine. Oh, hold on, hold on. Is the Anthony what Bennett you, draft? What, you, what am I holding on for? I want to see if I can guess this. You want to let me guess. So what's the, is this the Anthony Bennett draft? Yes, it is. So Old Depot went two. He was the second best player, very best player in that draft by he far the, right now. Probably the third best player, maybe fourth. In the top nine? Oh, in the top nine, he's easily the best player in the draft. Right. So, yeah. okay. So I know Zeller went four, but he's kind of garbage now. Um, Payton <laughs> went somewhere in that draft in the top eight, right? Alfred Payton? Alfred Payton did not go in this draft. Okay, something. Oh, he's only 14. I don't know, 2013, I mean, who was, yeah. All right, this draft's top nine was Anthony Bennett, Vic, Otto Porter, Cody Zeller, Alex Len, Nerlens Noel, Ben McLemore, KCP, and then Trey Burke. My God. <laughs> what a horrible top nine. I think the second best player is KCP or Otto Porter, which is so bad. <laughs> Otto Porter probably, right? It's Otto, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, horrible. that. And then after CJ, there's like MCW, Shabazz Muhammad, Bebe. Like, this is a terrible draft. Oh my God. A lot of a lot of ACC guards in there. A lot of yeah, guys. there is a lot of ACC guards. And then the Bucks just sneak in at fifteen. Like we'll take the Giannis guy. If you want to well, the biggest what if in history is Boston had like what three picks in the top fifteen that year or something, like, <laughs> and they didn't pick Giannis. And they it's didn't like, pick Giannis. They <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rudy went twenty seven. Rudy Gobert went after uh, the Pacers picked Salo that year. So that that's a big what if. And Jokic won the second round another one. Yeah, <laughs> these are fake what ifs. Yeah, I mean those the the more tangible are the ones that you actually had the guy in your head yeah. and you and then you yeah. tossed him away. Where like anybody could draft anybody at any point. I mean, there's all this history. I mean, a fake what if is if they draft Mason Plumley one pick above <laughs> the Solomon Hill pick and then don't ever draft Miles Plumley. <laughs> oh yeah, basketball. All right, that was fun. That was a yeah, fun. I think that was a good episode. Um, all right, what 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 are you writing this week? Um. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good it's a good sign for this the pacer content world that is uh thinning out. <laughs> I don't want to spill all my off-season beans in April. I want to like figure it out slowly. <laughs> Tony's gonna slow play it. I am <laughs> don't say it like that. <laughs> um all right. Well you can follow Tony at T East NBA. Uh you can follow me at Free Madden 5. You can follow our podcast at Locked On Pacers. I think we're gonna do a mailbag this Soon. week. Soon. And correct. Soon, so TBD. We'll have to talk about that after the show. Adam. Can people send us questions still if they want to right now? They're doing it, aren't they? They sure could. So send us questions on any of those three Twitter handles, and we'll collect them and try to put them into a um, mailbag at some point. Because 
you know, got to do a postseason mailbag or an end of season mailbag. Um, but yeah, as always, you can, um, I guess you can leave us a five star review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, however you get this podcast. That helps boost our egos, of course. Um, the more you comment and rate and review this podcast. Um, like I said, tweet at us for a mailbag. It's all for his Lockdown Pacers podcast. Have a great rest of your day.